back. Uh, as you see, we're still outside. I just said that again. Yes. Well, you know, I just wanted to reiterate. We are we are at the Team GPT podcast. Yeah, I, I it's a location. Now. Am your host. It's a state of mind. Yeah. Right. I am your host, Syed Hater. We have Brian over here, Ryan over there, and we're gonna talk about some things because on the last podcast we started to get there, but we never actually took the exit about programming after and uh, sort of changes in the programming post meet. And the one thing I know you're very big on at least leading up to the meet are doing singles for deadlifts so i'm assuming that's going to change after me but what is the philosophy on just doing singles for deadlifts because you have what like the 531 programs accused methods and stuff like that who you do multiple reps of deadlifts sort of feels counterproductive not counterproductive but sort of that lack of building that endurance mm-hmm. for deadlifts if you're just doing singles um so when I first started coaching, we were doing more of a five through one style, and we did that for a while with with extra reps on the last set, and um, then we got away from that a little bit and did more of like on the on the one day we'd hit five three one and then work up a little bit, so more of like what he came out with, what came out later was like the Joker sets. Uh, so we've done both of those. Um, then I read from this years ago from Dave Tate. Dave talked about how. The second rep is always easier than the first on deadlift because you get some momentum build up, especially if you're going to bounce it off the platform. Um, so he said you should be pulling singles all the time. Um, so we went to that for a while. Um, went back to more of just like a linear program, you know, fives this week, fours, threes, whatever. Um, then talked to Matt Gary a few years ago. Matt is big on just doing singles uh, of the competition deadlift. I know when he does like. Uh, Supplemental movements of the deadlift, they will do reps, and we do the same thing. We do block pulls, so we don't do singles. We do deficits, we won't do singles. But we, on, on the competition style deadlift, we pull singles. Um, like I said, Dave started that, at least in my mind, and then Matt kind of like solidified that. Uh, I think that what helped with Matt was that he had his deadlift chart, which says, like, you know, depending on, it basically, it was based off uh, Prolipin's chart of percentage, uh, sets and reps. Uh, so how many total reps? Uh, so Matt tweaked it a little bit since he's all singles. So he'll have all singles at these percentages, um, optimal number of reps, the range of what it would be, and the rest per set. Uh, so you'll see months out from a meet, we'll do 15 to 20 singles in a workout, but it might be at 65 to 70%. But I'm also expecting you to do that on like 15 to 45 seconds rest so everyone sees 15 singles they're like holy shit i'm gonna be here all night no i'm look like if you can do it right you're gonna be there and you're gonna be there maybe eight minutes from the time you hit your first <clears throat> rep to your last don't um, do that right. no a lot of you like to take more than that time <laughs> um as we get closer to a meet and the weight gets heavier you know maybe we'll be taking four singles that day and we'll be taking that on 10 minutes rest because that's more like what you're gonna do in a meet uh, or 20 minutes for some of you. Um, but the reason we pull singles is, unlike in the squat and bench, there's no eccentric movement before the, on the deadlift. The deadlift starts from the floor. It is a dead lift. So when you hit the first rep, the second rep feels better because you get that eccentric motion of dropping it. Even if you don't bounce it, you're still loading up eccentrically, getting some stretch shortening, and it makes the second rep feel a little bit better. It's like when you go, for, like when you jump. If you 
load first and then jump, you're going to jump higher than if you just jump straight up. So that's why I do that. It's a, yes, it's also a little bit more meat specific for dead, for uh, powerlifters. Um, you know, for the athletes that we coach, that's not this. We don't. First off, we usually use the trap bar for them, but usually it'll be in sets of three to five. Uh, but for powerlifters, singles, whether we're 50 weeks out from a meet or one week out, it's always singles. Uh, the volume and intensity changes. Um, and the argument I get from a lot of people is then, well, why don't we do that for squat or bench? And I said, it goes back to there's an eccentric loading on those two lifts. So we're working on that pattern too. So it's a, it, they're very, very different lifts. Um, someone just posted online recently. They were like, I don't know why my second deadlift always feels good. It feels better than my first rep. It's that reason. Um, or why we tell you to like, you know, a lot of people grip and rip because they don't want you to stand at the bottom and getting too loose. You want to try to get as much stretch shortening as you can to lift the most weight as you can. Um, Is that why you don't like my fat man roll? <laughs> I just, I, with the roll, I just get, if you don't time it right, it can get out of, out of technique very quickly. Yeah. Um, if you time it right, I mean, Benny Magson pulled over a thousand like that, so it does work for a lot of people. It's just, you, you got to be on. Um, but no, I just, I, like I said, Dave wrote about that years ago that I saw, it, and then when I saw Matt, I talked to Matt about it first, and then when I saw his chart, it just solidified it for me, and we switched over to it a couple years ago, and after going back and forth, back and forth a few times, I finally stayed with it, and we're jokingly known around as, like, the deadlift gym. Um, not that everyone is, like, you know, the two of you are probably not in that <laughs> in that talk right now. Um, yeah. But, I mean, we have... We have several women that are all deadlifting over 400 pounds um we have a couple guys pulling around seven um you know most i i most of our guys are pulling five or more so i, I mean like we have a pretty good deadlift gym and i think a lot of that is attributed to the singles um getting better at singles and i also was talking to the other day that i think singles don't trash you as much uh, maybe your nervous system gets a little bit more tired and everything, but like you pull a heavy set of five, and the next day your back shot, your mm-hmm. hamstrings are shot, your upper back shot, and you're just tired. Where singles, I feel like I feel like you can recover better from. I feel like it's even if they're hard. I feel like it's almost safer in the like execution of lift two because I know any like most injuries or like little lagging injuries I've had from deadlifts, it's always like the second or it was always like the second or third rep. Because you're fatigued, maybe your form breaks down. Yeah, a little you know, out of position just, on yeah, the second it's rep. It's more likely to lead to that. And I know since we've like shifted more towards singles, I haven't any of that. And also, just kind of, it just it, it, from fact of one, it gives you 15 singles compared to you know three sets five. of five. Yeah, it, you have more, you have 15 chances to work on your setup compared to right, just, which is exactly what Matt Gary would say yeah. is that work on your setup, get get into a better position, get tight, go, and 15 shots to practice that is going to carry over better than three. Because reps two through five are probably not going to be put down in the same position, so you either have to try to get the bar into the position or now you have to move to it. They're never the same yeah. as the first. It's almost like a variation of deadlift because yeah. it's not it's not competition deadlift. So I don't know how you could argue that against that idea of competition. So do you, I mean... How many, like, ideas have you just sort of saw from other coaches and were all like, yep, I'm going to take that. Like, that's mine now. Everything. Everything. <laughs> Everything. Um, I have not been around long enough to 
to have made up something. Everything's just everything new was old at one point, and someone realized it and repackaged it. Yeah, everything is the same cool. thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm also not innovative enough to actually come up with something new if there would be anything new at this point. Um, no, I love stealing from coaches and then <laughs> repracticing it as like my own. Uh, exactly, DM me for coaching. <laughs> um, Dan Johns does all the time whenever he gives a seminar. He says the first time he quotes someone, he gives him credit for it. He's like, oh, you know, and, you know, Syed, you know, told me about this, blah blah. The second time, he's like, my friend told me about this, and the third time, he's like, so my idea. Um, it's the same kind of thing. Like, no, no, like I just told you, like I learned it from Dave years ago when I was reading Elite FTS first. So that's, that probably goes back 12, 13 years, and then I met Matt at Nationals like seven, eight years ago. Just by chance, I didn't know who Matt was at the time, and we just we were coaching someone on the same flight. We talked a little bit. Um, got to know Matt over time. Took a uh, coaching seminar with him. Um, have coached around him for the last eight years. Talked to him several times, and like he just kind of solidified that for me. Um, no, I it, we've. If anyone listens to this, I also on the on the Boston Strongcast. We do a coaches podcast like once a month. Uh, Kevin Can runs it. Uh, Zach Cooper, myself, and Jeremy Harmon just jumped into. Um, I take notes. Uh, Zach made a small comment about just like how he alternates a little bit of programming stuff, and I was like, why did I never think of that? Wrote it down, and like the next day started programming it. And it didn't change my programming, but instead of running something, I'm just going to give shit away, so whatever. Yeah. Um, instead of running something in a three-week block of like, you know, a supplemental exercise that maybe we're doing safety squat bar for week one and two and three and seeing how we can progress. Now it's like in week one, three, and five, and in weeks two, four, and six are front squats. And we changed it over maybe a couple months ago, and it's so much better. And Zach said it like all nonchalant, and I was like, <clears throat> shit, that's really good. I actually was in my office and had Marie uh, throw me a piece of uh, piece of paper because I had to write it down immediately. I was like, I had a pen next to me, I didn't have any paper. I was like, oh my God, I can write this down. Um, or... Uh, little technique things like Kevin talks about um, the deadlift to deadlift below the knees so you basically do one rep and this would obviously not have been our competition to have like uh, full rep and then into basically lower the bar as close to the floor as possible without touching the floor and then do another rep and I was like man for the people that need to work on keeping their back tight and working on the tension work on, I was like that's great I threw that in almost immediately uh, Jeremy reminded me of an exercise that we did years ago with my friend Carl that we learned from Scott Yard who we call them top poles where you basically start from the top of a deadlift do like a rack pull someone pulls the pins and then you do the full lift so going exactly against what I just said about the singles you build that eccentric and then come back up and what we found was we could overload the crap out of the deadlift without anything else um, and Jeremy told me he learned that from Vince Anello and Vince was the first guy to pull I think over 800 at like 220 and then he did 900 like 40 years ago so like I said nothing's new we're just this one's like forgotten yeah. stuff like that like not forgotten but like, I forgot about top holes I forgot, yeah, them. That, like, forgot I, about them Jeremy Manson I was like shit yeah. those work so well there's just like an endless amount of little things that you might have used years ago when you try something new and you forget about oh that worked too you pull it back it's just like an endless cycle of stuff you can that and might be repackaged in different words from someone else and slept on a program. Yeah. Like, oh, I did that. But. And it's having a stable of all these different things that you can try to figure out what works because maybe the same squat bar doesn't work for a lot of people even though we love that bar, but maybe front squat has a better carryover so we're going to use front squat. 
Um, but if you don't try both, then you don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's where I get my I get my balls busted a lot by a lot of coaches. They're like, so do you like West Side? I'm like, fucking love West Side. <laughs> um, I use West Side all the time. If you look at my programming, you won't pick up on it right away because we're not doing max effort every week. We're not doing dynamic effort every week. But we are... It's like my variation of West Side, which I know everyone would hate me for. It's, I don't know, conjugate it's, or concurrent, whatever you like, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But West Side is what people know it as, where I won't change up the main lift every week, so we're not doing a different squat variation every week. We practice our main lifts, but our second lift, our supplemental lift, I change that all the time, and I want to get better at it. And even, and the more I'm thinking now, I'm thinking about even making that more West Side and having it like, Instead of doing three sets of eight on safety squat bar, maybe we're going to max on it and get used to taking something a little bit heavier. Um, and we're talking about that in our strength in our strong cast coaches uh, group right now of like it's hitting some singles and stuff like that. And there's a line where I could overdo it, and you guys are going to be dead. beat up and dead and hate me. Um, but there's a lot of valid points of Westside of learning to grind against lifts. A lot of people need to work on that and to work on different parts of the technique where the safety squat bar works on certain things that the front squat doesn't or front squat works on certain things that pin squat doesn't. Um, and then the other thing I like about West Side is just you bodybuild like crazy. Yeah. I say it all the time and I don't mean this in a mean way but I don't, I'm not sure if there's, there's I don't think there's anyone here and there's very few that are competing that have so much muscle mass and so little fat that they couldn't put on more muscle and get in better shape. So why not hit a ton of back work and get your back as big and wide as possible so, you know, you look like Ray Williams where, like, his back takes up the entire bar. Or you're so thick that your bench range of motion is shorter because your back is just so just so thick. Um, or just having better lats to be able to lock in better on the deadlift. Like, you know, you're not going to get a lot of back work from the three big lifts. So... I, uh, we were doing back work two to three times a week in a four-day program, and Jeremy was like, we do it every day. And I was like, every day. And he's like, every day. And guess what? We're not doing it every day because it makes sense. Um, everyone's back could be stronger. If you're back stronger, your lifts are going to be better. But that doesn't mean we're not doing the lifts. That's my only difference is, like, I wouldn't say – I wouldn't get rid of the straight bar for squat for – 10 weeks and then just the last couple weeks straight bar or use it as a dynamic effort day like I you know we use other things um I mean you're pulling out the most effective things from each camp or you know yeah pulling out what I think is effective yeah Yeah. and maybe I'm wrong but yeah I'm like you know this from West Side or this from Matt Gary or um I wanted to play with uh weight releasers forever I finally bought them and I wasn't sure what to do with them and I've been reading a lot of Matt Leduski and Mike Hileski stuff about how to use them, and Mike answered some of my questions the other day because, like, I never used them. So we tried them a little bit, and I'm going to throw them into some into some people's program that aren't competing for a while, so I don't screw anything up. Um, Which is a cool thing, at least having being a coach and having a lot of athletes, is that you, like, like something from a coach, you take it, and you can test it amongst a couple different pool. people. Yeah. And be like, well, it didn't bits. work. Let's change that back or let's right. do something else. And the thing is, like, I usually, nothing will work for everyone. So I'll take something like that um, and we'll throw it into two or three people's program um, and see how that works. And if it's not effective, I'll usually 
try it on two to three other people, see if it's, see how that goes. If it's still not effective, it's probably out. Yeah. But if we try it on two to three people and it works pretty well, then let's try it on five to seven people and see how that goes. And if it's still effective, then let's try it on everyone and see how it goes. Um, and that's the way you can find out, oh, this works for you, this doesn't work for you, um, and try to figure out how things, um, just how things are for each, and how each person. It goes back to what I said in another podcast, like coach the lifter, yeah. not the lift. Have you ever just looked at something like, that's stupid? <laughs> nope, not doing so that. <laughs> I've looked at stuff and said, that's stupid, and then tried it and been like, shit, that was really good. Like, um, I know we had one the other day. That's what it was. Um, That's fucking drama. God, it works. <laughs> and then like, and then like you actually do it. You're like, oh, that was so good. Why didn't I do that before? Um, yeah, I don't know what the I one. I think what it was. I forget what. It, yeah, I don't remember. It happens like, if you like a fair amount. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, <laughs> well, like, well, yeah, I think I think that's what it is. It's like I look at it something like, ah, that that's stupid because like. I kind of like know what works, but then I'll give it a try, and you break it out, and you're like, "Oh, that's it's a lot better than I thought it would be." Um, I'll use specialty bars as an example. Like we have, we have a lot of specialty bars. Not all of them, but like we got a lot here, yeah. and I do like some of them a lot. And some of them save scrub, like save scrub bar we use on almost everyone. Yeah. Um, there's some other bars. You've been uh, using the spider bar, and I have like I don't think I've used that. Since I like started, it hasn't. It's been collecting dust for like four years. Yeah, I literally dusted off. Um, dust falling over it, but it felt great. Broke it out the other day. That's the combination: Sage Squad Bar, Giant Camera Bar. It's, it's a demon. Yeah, uh, it weighs eighty-five pounds by itself. Um, you know, in the past, I used it on a couple people. I wasn't really thrilled with the results, so we kind of put it away. And I was like, "Well, I have this really expensive bar. Let's try it." So uh, we're trying it. <laughs> Um, see how that goes. Um, you know, I'm, I'm willing to, to we, we have to try things. Um, I said some, you know, we have some people doing like reverse band work, other people aren't. We have some people doing, uh, Elite FTS is like American Camber Bar, um, for bench press with overloads the bottom movement. I know a lot of raw people hate boards. We use boards constantly. Um, and we have, especially the women, we have like six or seven women benching over 200 pounds. Uh, our guys' benches might not be as impressive numbers-wise, but everyone's benches have been going up. Um, so it's hard to argue against something that's working. Um, so I guess you just got to just try it and see if it works. And if it looks stupid, then try it anyway. Talk shit about everything first and then yeah, try it after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then be like, all right, I was, I was a jackass. <laughs> I really wish I could remember that one thing. They yeah, I can't I, think like, of it either. I was like, I literally, like, the first time I saw it, I was like, that's fucking dumb. Yeah. And then I tried it, and I was like, shit, that's so good. And I was, like, so mad at myself for, like... <laughs> for being yourself. For, like, not wanting to use it, because <laughs> I'm just, like... Was it... Safeties, squat bar, front squats? Just like... <laughs> no, I no. hate those. <laughs> 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 Guys, the weight's behind you. It's not a front squat anymore. It's a back squat. You're just hugging. I'm, Benny, I'm sorry. It's a back squat. It's a squat. But it's a squat at that point. Um, no, I, just, I, don't rem- I don't even know. I can't remember at all. We were literally just talking about it. Like, I was like, that's dumb. And I tried it. I was like, so good. <laughs> so, like... Do you know, like... I'm not going to ask, like, do you know any coaches? But, like, 
there are probably some coaches out there that are just sort of stubborn in their way. They're all like, this is how this it's worked for such a long time. We're going to keep it this way. <laughs> how dare you say anything else? Like, how do you, how do you, I like mean, obviously you, oh, you hate it, but like, <laughs> how, how is having sort of a huge network of coaches, especially on the Boston Strong Cast, sort of like changing or like how, how much influence has that just put on your life in regards to like, I'm all, you're always getting new information and just using mm-hmm. that Right, it's good and bad. Um, I can understand some of the I'll use from like old school coaches that are using the same mentality that they've been using for forty plus years. Because if you're having success, how do you argue with that? Yeah. Um, what I'm always trying to think of is what can we do better, and we can only do something better if we try something different. Um, and the problem with powerlifting is that if we try something different, it might not be better. So I might have to take those two steps back, yeah. take three steps forward. Um, and we've been lucky that we haven't had a lot of that. Um, but it does happen sometimes where, uh, you know, you see something like you talk about always using your competition stance to get better at that stance. And I've seen this at least a lot for sumo pullers that when we pull conventional, their back strength goes up and their sumo generally goes up. Um, I don't like vice versa as much, but we'll do some block pulls. Brian, you had done some sumo block pulls for a while. Um, I think it definitely helps a lockout. Um, but I was hesitant to try sumo with conventional pullers. I think for a lot of it, a lot of them don't have the hip mobility or the hip strength for it. And I know I mentioned block pulls one day, and Zach Cooper told me to do it from the floor. And just if, if they don't have the hip mobility and the strength, work on it. Yeah. And he's right, but sometimes I'm like, do we have the time for that? Where block pulls we can do right now, we don't have to worry about the other two, so let's do that right now. Um, so I think, like... I said it's hard to argue with these guys are getting results that have been that haven't changed in forty plus years, but I think the best coaches are the ones that are reading and listening and watching and talking to each other and seeing what other people are doing and are willing to try it and throw that in their program and be like, oh that worked really well, or oh that was shit, let's get you know and figure out from there and then it just starts building your toolbox more and more, so now you have. I was saying uh, someone the other day, like if, if your if your upper back rounds in the squat, and that's why you're missing your lifts. You know, yeah, you, you know you want to work on thoracic extension. So one of the best ways to do that is front squat. Um, front squat's going to pull you into that thoracic flexion. You're trying to get into extension by driving up. And I know a lot of coaches will teach the the California style grip because for powerlifters generally you don't have enough mobility. Yeah, and talking to Rob Schmidt years ago, Rob was like, no, do the do the, the, the clean grip from Olympic lifting. And I said, why? And he said, Brad Gillingham told me so. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, Brad's pulled 800, like, I think it's like 105 times in competition, 800 or more. Yeah. And he says, no, do your front squats, clean grip. All right, cool. If we can do them clean grip, we're yeah. going to do them clean grip. Not everyone can. So if you can, by all means, do them. If not, maybe not. Like, don't worry about it. I'd still rather you front squat than not. Um... In the meantime, we can work on other things. You know, building up just the, your your back strength to be able to get into a better extended position and maintain that. Um, and having different options, having the safety squat bar, which does round you over, it doesn't. Well, you don't have to extend as hard, but it does help with that. Or front squats, or just building up place at the musculature of the back. The more options you have, something might not work for you on the first one the second one, the eighth one, but something is going to work. We just have to find it. And if you're not willing to try stuff, you're never going to find it. 
I'm talking a lot No it's fine Like I mean it's interesting stuff That's why people are here They, they want to hear you And Brian <laughs> Discuss I'm just here to mediate yeah. Mediator INFJ I believe That's what it is on the yeah. Profile When you take the personality Yeah Gotcha Right I've taken it twice Both times I got mediator Classic. Which Speaking actually here. Will make So I know Mike Deshear Has actually been doing A lot of stuff with Personality tests recently For a lot of his lifters I don't know a lot of the details um, He is pretty in depth he go, He's written a couple articles With it and, and I think he's done a podcast With it Because it's You find that People respond To different stimuli Or different training methods Based on what kind of personality they are, yeah. Um, Which I mean, I'm, that, that makes sense. And it's just something as simple as like we talk about, you know, on meet day. Um, I always use this one story in particular, but like we were at a meet years ago in Massachusetts, and uh, Bucks went up and hit his third deadlift, and he was like a raging bull, like in the back room, getting ready to go. Ran out, kicked the bar, pulled it, like rip, just grip and rip. And he just That's how he is He came Came off after that And Aaron was actually Going to go right after him Aaron was actually Pulling the heaviest out of the meat And Bucks went to smack him And I was like No He does not like that Not the same And Aaron's calm Collective You look at Aaron And you're like He looks like he's Lethargic gonna, He looks like he's going <laughs> to fall asleep And then he just like Calmly went up there And Pulled 600 Or a little bit more I think And there was one other guy That literally was sitting down And was like Babe get over here And she came over she slapped him in the face like 10 times And he went out and tried to pull the same weight Aaron did And the bar didn't budge <laughs> So maybe that wasn't the right thing for him um, Do you remember when at regionals When Aaron asked me to slap his back And they called uh, Platform ready and I turned around And I, and I went and I fucking missed Then he made the lift so maybe that was the key. Yeah it's like <laughs> Divine, not, divine intervention his entire back <laughs> I just wow, and, that's and, enough. And like I said, that this goes back to mindset. I guess what the personality is like. You know, we've talked about before how music can have a big impact yeah. um, on your mindset, not on your performance itself. But um, Lauren likes to be in the back. If she's smiling and dancing, yeah. Lauren's gonna have a good day. If she's worked up, she's not gonna have a good day. Yeah. Um, and you have to know that as a coach. And we've talked about it before too. Of like. What's the right thing to say or do to that lifter in that moment to get them into the mindset that they need to be in? Because if you say the wrong thing, it can it can go terribly. So Mike's doing a lot of information with that lately. I think that's kind of cool. Um, Is that something you think you'd want to use? In I future? think it would be cool to use. I think like it would. You know, I think the first time I hand a personality test to one of the lifters, they're going to be like. The hell is this? You're, you're already you're taking one. Like, but like, I think it would be pretty cool. Um, INFJ, if you want to use it, go for it. <laughs> and then we could try to figure out like, and and Mike, I know has been seeing some similarities between, you know, certain personality tests of people that you know test the same of like how they react to certain things compared to others, and you know, I, you know, if Mike can keep doing it, that's awesome. Um, and the more info that comes out on it, like you know, we could try to do it and, add, and hopefully add to that info, and and then. It just more to make things better. Again, try stuff. Yeah. Try all things. Thank you so much for listening. To send in questions, DM me on Instagram at Syed underscore likes underscore stuff. Follow the gym on Instagram at Team GPT. For more information about the gym, visit GleasonPerformance.com. Join the team. For online coaching, go to teamgpt.com.